do not mix business with pleasure. There's a reason for that. It compromises the integrity of everything. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. Welcome to the Obsessive Spriggan. My name is Bruce Savannah. You can call me Coach Sibs. Everyone does. I will be your host for today. And in today's conversation, we're talking about personal trainers, how to identify a personal trainer, how to choose a personal trainer, the do's and don'ts as a personal trainer towards a client and vice versa. So this topic is going to be a little bit lengthy, but I think you will find it very informative. I myself being a personal trainer and a rehab specialist, I have a bit of take on this. I'll try to be non-biased in the information that I give. So of course, this is just my opinion. You can share it, be against it. It's perfectly fine. This is my opinion again. Okay. So we're going to start things off first looking at what is a personal trainer? A personal trainer varies from certain titles that I'm going to mention. A personal trainer is not a dietitian unless if they're certified. Although they can help you get informed decisions, they're not dietitians. A personal trainer is not a physician. A personal trainer works on exercise prescription and guiding you through a program. We also do design the programs. Now, how do you choose a personal trainer or how do you know a personal trainer is a right fit for you? Right. Before anything else, you know, when you approach someone, you ask them, are you a personal trainer? Half the time, someone will be like, yeah, yes, they are because they have a good body. Don't make a good body your primary identifier for a personal trainer. Yes, we got to practice what we preach, but what you really need from that person is in the mind and how they deliver that information to you. Do they educate you while they're training you? Do they remove all these misconceptions that you have and put in the correct information, tell you why we're doing certain things? So using a good body as a primary indicator of this person being a personal trainer is way, way off because you never know. That person could be a gym enthusiast. That person could be a fitness model. That's the difference from being a personal trainer. The challenge with this area is that it's easy for anyone to make money out of. It's easy for anyone to replicate and say, I'm a personal trainer. Very, very easy to duplicate that. Why? Because all you got to do is seem like you know what you're doing. Or I could be training a friend and someone approaches me. I am not a personal trainer, but it's easy to make a quick buck. I'll be like, yeah, sure. I'm a personal trainer. Just look up a few videos. I'll be like, do A, B, C, D, this, 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 and that. But I'm not de-educating, re-educating you. I'm not synthesizing everything that we're doing down to the T because I don't know all of that. That's why trainers go to school for that. So now, before I digress and get lost in this one aspect, how are you going to identify Usually if you step in a gym, I personally would advise, always ask the reception of that gym to say, I'm looking for a personal trainer. And they will highlight number of trainers that they have. And then you can be specific in terms of your preference. And then they can also uh, filter that list of personal trainers that they have for you to say, oh no, let's say for example, I get in a gym and I say, maybe I'm very particular and I'm looking for a trainer who focuses on weight loss. Uh, I'm not trying to do any bodybuilding and et cetera, I want to increase my flexibility. Then the receptionist team will be like, oh no, we've got a list of seven personal trainers. Do you prefer to train with male or female? I'll be like, no, my preferences are male. They'll be like, okay, 
Now they drop down the list to four people. And I'm like, okay. Then they say, this trainer is a bodybuilder. We scratch that out. This trainer is into rehab. We scratch that out. I'm not suffering from any injury or whatever. And then these two are into weight loss. Then those are my go-to. Then they'll identify those people. And then I'll go to those people. And then we carry on that conversation. If you just walk in and ignore the people at the reception and be like, I want to find a trainer inside, you're going to find the wrong person. There is such a thing as the wrong person for the right job. The next thing you're going to get injured, then you're going to blame trainers and be like personal trainers are shit. No, there are those trainers who are only after the money, but then there are those people who really love what they do. And they're very particular and very meticulous when it comes to what they do. Me being one of them. That's why I always try and fight against all these misconceptions. Now, after you've identified your personal trainer, you're not yet done. As a client, you're not yet done. Client to personal trainer, this is one part both of you have to be involved in. You're supposed to have more or less an interview or conversation before you start. So this conversation is going to be looking at what your goals are as a client and you giving me your goals as a trainer. How are we going to execute those goals? And mind you, both parties have to be very much involved in this aspect. It's not a one-side show where you tell me your goals and I'm like, okay, you're going to be doing A, B, C, D, finish and clap. End of story. No, there are, let's say, for example, I give you certain exercises. You're not comfortable with those certain exercises. You say, I can't do A, B, C, D because I've got this, 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 and that. I'm like, okay, cool. What are you comfortable with? These are the other options. And then you yourself being part and parcel of that conversation, you feel very much involved and it helps with you being committed to your program because you're part of it. So don't just get a trainer who is going to tell you what to do, no questions asked. There are times where you can accept such a scenario. It's only when you have to push your client in a certain way. You also, have, as a trainer, you have, when you're trying to push your client, you have to read in your clients to say, okay, this client, self-motivated, they just need direction, correction, and postures, A, B, C, D. Okay. This client, not so motivated. They need an extra push. This client, very much lazy. Sorry for using the word, but very lazy. They need to have me push them so hard, but without breaking them so that they come back. So you see, you have to read your client as well. So those are the, and that's the only time where we can advise someone to act like a slave driver, but that's, that's one in a few cases. So after you've had this conversation and you've established what you're going to do, how you're going to move through the program and the length or the duration of the program, how it's going to be set up the blocks and how the training systems are. And everyone is happy with that stage. You go on to start your training. Now. As you start your training, aspects are directed to trainers. As you start training with your client, to show you are a good trainer, right? You have to be able to explain with absolute confidence and accuracy why that client is doing a specific exercise or a specific movement. You cannot just say, do a squat. Yes, clients, please ask questions. Why am I doing a squat? Or why am I doing a squat this way? I'll say, yeah, do a goblet squat, do a front squat, do a back squat. You're going to ask me why you have to, clients have to ask questions. You know, I appreciate a client will ask questions because I can also then show that 
You've made the right decision. This is what you're paying for. You're paying for information and information that you can take on as you go. So I have to be able to give you information as to why you're doing specific exercise, why you're doing specific movement. That helps in you not fighting the program or not fighting the training. Because sometimes you get clients and we say clients are hard, but not all the time. It's because they're not getting informed as to why they're doing whatever it is that they're doing. Do a deadlift or we're doing it in this way. We're starting with bands, elevate to an empty bar, elevate to waist. You're like, why? I want to go to waist first. I want to know. Want to work on your form first, build up it. This is what a deadlift does. Boom, boom, boom. So that person is getting information. They're like, oh, okay. They're getting enlightened. They're getting correct structure. And then they understand the need for that particular exercise. They trust you. Personal training industry is based on reoccurring clients. But that doesn't mean be afraid to share your knowledge because you think that person will get to a point where they don't need you. It's cool if they get to a point where they don't need you. It's all right. But people's goals will always change. And if you can be able to successfully get someone to their goals and at the same time give them all the information and all the tools that they need, should their goal change, best believe they will come back to you. And word of mouth is the best business for personal trainers. You could post on Instagram. You could do whatever you do. But word of mouth is the form of business for personal trainers and personal trainers should capitalize on that. You shouldn't be afraid to share your knowledge with your clients. As we move from that, while you are doing your session with your client, as a trainer, there's certain things that we do not expect trainers to do. Unless if the program is on the phone, do not be on your phone while you're training with a client. No way in hell should you be on your phone. Your phone, either you leave it at a desk, you leave it somewhere else, or you put it in your pocket. Forget about it. Focus on that client. They have paid you for an hour. They have to have your attention, full-on attention, for an hour. It is the worst experience where someone is really into whatever they want to try and do. And I've had clients tell me this. Someone's really interested in what they're trying to do. And... They're in the middle of an exercise and their trainers on their phone. You're on Tinder or you're on Bumble or doing whatever you're doing. And the client, they, they see these things. So I think, I think trainers take for granted some of their actions because they think, no, I've got a very close relationship with my client, so I can do whatever. Regardless whether you become close or whether you become good friends or whatever, there's certain things that you don't have to compromise on. Your professionalism being one and how you execute your work and how you present yourself as a fitness professional. Those are certain areas you shouldn't compromise on, on a negative slide. So stay away from your phone. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just an hour. Then you get back to your phone. Unless if your program is there and your client knows that you're looking at the program and you're going with it, right? That's, that's, that's another thing. Try as much as you can to be very much engaging with your clients. You guys are not trying to punish each other. So it's not detention where you say, we're not talking, you're just working. After you work, you get up. Unless if that's that client's personality. But I believe conversation also helps, you know, talk about everything and anything. That's why you need to know a little bit more about your 
client if they're in finance talk about if they want to talk about finance talk about that if they don't want to talk about that the world is your oyster make sure your client is very comfortable they're very open when your client comes in and they have i'd like to call them closed hands and they're very rigid they're very defensive it's your job to open their hands so that they receive whatever information you're going to give them they receive whatever structure it is that you're going to be working with with open arms and they're not very resistant they're open to the idea of what you're bringing on to the table so you have your client engaged in creating the program you're very professional in your presentation of yourself as a trainer and both of you are in sync there's also certain things that we we don't expect trainers to do and i'm a trainer i'm not a physician I've seen a lot of trainers fall on this part. Do not recommend supplements to clients. This is a personal opinion, and I'll tell you why. Other trainers can disagree with me perfectly fine. And here's why. And this, I am very strong and very particular about this. If I take supplements and they work for me, it doesn't mean they're going to work for you. I could recommend the same supplement. You take it. It doesn't work or you have a medical problem. Who's the first person you're going to blame? You're going to blame me. That's my reputation on the line. Personal training is all about reputation. Safeguard your reputation. Jealousy guard your reputation. So do not recommend. Do not advise. Do not give supplements to clients. Why? When you read the bottle of any form of supplement, it does not say consult your dietitian. It does not say consult a nutritionist. It does not say consult a personal trainer. It says consult a physician before taking it. Unless if you're a physician slash trainer, go for it. If you are not sticking your lane, there's a reason for that. If your client is very much into supplements and you know a physician, direct them to that person. Say, there's a person I work with. Have a chat with this person. They'll give you the exact supplements that you need. And that will help you with our goal. You break down the goal. You tell them, give the physician this letter. They'll look at it. They'll recommend some supplements. You won't go wrong. That's my take on, on supplements. Because you want to safeguard yourself as a trainer. And you want to safeguard your client. Another thing, do not have any sexual relations with your clients. Now this, this is a very hot topic. And on its own, deserves a full-on episode, but I'm just going to brush through it. Do not mix business with pleasure. There's a reason for that. It compromises the integrity of everything. It messes up the whole dynamic. Once you start sleeping with your client, all bits are off. Your relationship is different. If your relationship ends on a sour note, that's your reputation at work. That's your reputation in the streets. You know what I mean? So do not have sexual relations with your client. Personal trainers, we already have a bad rep that that's what we do. And think it's, yeah, I won't, I won't lie. There are some that do that, but I believe that's not as professional and it's not how we should conduct ourselves. We should conduct ourselves with self-respect. We should conduct ourselves with such professionalism that we grow and we fight this bad image that's already there. It is very important. I will not stress enough about this. It's very important that you safeguard your image and your reputation. 
So sexual relations with your clients, scratch that off. You definitely need to scratch that off. And then, whoo, fad diets. Good Lord. Oh my God. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. Okay. I think the best way to, to go about this is to say this. Don't take shortcuts. Don't sacrifice longevity for short-term success so that your client is happy and they come back. Do not compromise. No. Sustainability, longevity. That's what we're all about as trainers. Now, for clients, two trainers. If you're going to come to me and I'm your trainer, do not fight me using your previous trainer as base to say, my trainer used to say, or oh, my trainer used to do this, 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 and that with me. Listen, if you want to do what your trainer used to do, go to your trainer, go to your ex-trainer. I will explain how I do things. And if we agree when we were creating the program, do not come to me and then start arguing, basing facts with what your ex-trainer used to do. You can ask, but don't fight. It's, it's also okay to see something on the internet, come and ask to say, I saw A, B, C, D. What is it about? You're trying to get the right information. And we appreciate that. Personally, I appreciate someone who will come and say, listen, coach, I saw someone doing A, B, C, D on YouTube. What's your take on it? And I'll give you my personal take on it. Then it's entirely your, it's, it's entirely up to you how you will receive that. I can be for it or I can be against it. If I'm against it, it doesn't mean that it's whatever, but that's my personal take. If you come to ask me, you're going to get a personal opinion. And I believe that both parties have a duty to create a conducive environment for each other. So this is how I view the scope of personal training or the fitness industry. Clients have a role that they have to play that is outside of money. Trainers have a role to play, not just by training, but also facilitating other aspects that accommodate that training or that interaction with a client. I will say this, as a trainer, there is no such thing as one size fits all. If you find yourself prioritizing quantity of clients over the quality, then we have a problem. Your main priority should be quality. You shouldn't be focused on having 300 clients. Listen, you could have 50 clients and you're giving them quality training systems. That is the most important thing that we need. So I find, I've seen guys who create one program and give it to hundred clients, one program, hundred clients, hundred clients with different body types, hundred clients with different goals, hundred clients with different reactions. And you expect them to have the same results. It doesn't work like that. No ways. You gotta be able to give each person a program that is designed for that person. Regardless, if two people have the same goal, their body types are going to be different. How their bodies are going to respond to that program is going to be different. How you're going to periodize it or block that program is going to be different. How you're going to 
progress them, it's going to be different. So please, trainers, there is no such thing as one size fits all. If you find yourself doing that, I will say this for myself, you are a bad trainer. You should not be a trainer at all. You should find another occupation. You should treat each individual as unique as they are, period. Each person is supposed to be treated as unique as they are, as unique as their fingerprint. That's it. So you find these are the things that will, or these are the things that surround the fitness industry and why it's so damn difficult. You see, all these things, these are very simple things. But people cross these boundaries, people cross these circles and make simple things very complicated, and yet they're not. If you conduct yourself with professionalism, if you conduct yourself with self-respect, and you treat a client as it was you paying the bill, and you treat them as unique as they are, and you focus on them while you're having your session, you create a conducive environment, they're very informed and they're very happy. What in the world would make you think that they won't come back? Whether a client is very attractive, you can appreciate that clients be appreciated, leave it there. That's it. No matter how big the door is, no matter how big the door is, do not walk through that door. That's just my opinion. Other trainers can disagree. People could agree. If you have any other things that you feel like I missed through this conversation, feel free to drop them in, in the comments. Feel free to drop me a message. And I'll be sure to run back through it. And then I'll be sure to, if need be, I can do a full-on episode about it. But this is just a run-through. This is just a composite breakdown of the trainers and clients' interactions, basically. So, apart from everything that I've said as a personal trainer, never stop educating yourself. Never stop informing yourself. Because at the end of the day, all the information, these are your tools for your toolbox. There is no one tool that fixes an engine. You have your screwdrivers, you have everything else. So yes, use everything that you got. You know, people always say no jack of all trades or whatever, but people don't finish the sentence. You know what I mean? Jack of all trades, master of none, but certainly better than a master of one. Our skill sets are our tools and our tools are what we use. We pick whatever tool based on whatever client that we meet. So never stop educating yourself. Never stop conducting yourself with utmost respect and professionalism. Take care of your clients. Take care of yourself. Do not cross boundaries. Stay in your lane. And I promise you, you'll be one of the best trainers. If not the best trainer that a client can ever have. You do not want to miss any of these episodes. It's going to get deeper. It's going to get harder. Your help is your wealth. And I'm a firm believer of that. It's your boy and I'm out. Peace, love, happiness.